so high right now. Anything's possible. Oh my mama! Oh my mama made it, ma! Anything's possible! Rain and Jay's back with the vengeance back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. This the truth like 34. This like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. The crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily. Mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings. Focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it, got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast. I want to thank you for making this show part of your daily routine. Whatever it is that you're doing right now, however you're listening or watching the show on YouTube, I want to thank you very much for including the Locked On Celtics podcast as part of your enjoyment of the Boston Celtics. I'm John Corrales. I cover the Boston Celtics for Boston Sports Journal, and I am the author of a book called The Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. It is available anywhere books are sold and on my personal website for $30. If you want a signed copy, tell me what you want signed in it and uh, buy the book for 30 bucks at johncorrales.com. Today, more on Ime Udoka, the new head coach of the Boston Celtics. Still no official announcement yet from the Boston Celtics, which means there is going to be some dotting of I's and crossing of T's uh, still still to be done, but that that's a done deal. Ime Udoka is coming into Boston to be their new head coach. And yesterday, if you missed yesterday's show, I talked about all of the reasons why I think he's going to be a good head coach. Today, I decided to go to where it all started for him, the San Antonio Spurs, to get an inside look at Ime Udoka's time there. Today's show is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's <laughs> Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game at only 2.6 carbs. And 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. I swear I haven't had any Michelob Ultras yet. I just stumbled over the ad read. So let's learn more about Ime Udoka from my good friend and host of the Lockdown Spurs podcast, Jeff Garcia. What is up, my man? It's been way too long since I've said We talked on your podcast about the potential for Becky Hammond to be. uh, So if anybody missed that podcast, go scroll back. It was last week, last what, Wednesday? That we talked? Yeah. Yep. And, uh, but Jeff and I go way back. Uh, used to be roommates, hung Ooh, around. Great. Like, we used to, like, so I miss you, buddy. This, are we, are uh, you we know. really going to go into the stories? Because I think that'd be a bad No, idea. that is, that is not anything that's going to be happening on this podcast. That's, that's a whole other podcast what? for maybe on HBO Max. <laughs> By the way, you know, if you want to sum up the Spurs in one view, I guess, would be this. Starting all over again, the whiteboard. Nothing to do. <laughs> Look at this outstanding video background I have. Yeah. You cannot um, you I'm looking to... at your, your screen. I'm like, Jesus, John, you really souped it up. You know, you man, I've got to do it up movie? for the YouTube. You know, they got to get the background. I got to try to sell my books. I've got to, you know, got my jerseys up I... in the background over there. Like, I'm, I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying. Trying to make I, people... I, and, and like as John just said right now, John and I go way back. I'm talking years, years, many years, roommates and stories that we will never ever tell, only between ourselves. Um, but to see you have a book now, I know, right? Just, that's that's that just, 
They feel Bro, like- I'm like, this is a John Corrales that you look, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean yeah. yeah, yeah. Have a book to for us each now to be on the, the lockdown podcast network. Yeah. And for us to be covering these teams to cover mm-hmm. awesome teams like the Boston Celtics and the San Antonio Spurs with our yeah. with our history. Like this is a, hey. We're doing it, buddy. And and so let's get into it, man. Like, so Ime Udoka was a former Spurs player. Yeah. He finishes mm-hmm. his career overseas, comes back, joins the San Antonio Spurs staff. Can you walk us through like that initial hiring that you remember of Ime Udoka? What yeah. what is it that what was it about him as a player, do you think, or do you remember uh, Popovich talking about? Yeah. that made him attractive. You say, okay, yeah, we're going to give this guy a chance as a coach right away. Yeah. I, I think the first thing that kind of I recall way back then, you know, was pop would always say when asked, Hey, is there anybody in the roster that has coaching potential? He never would say email. He would say at that time, yeah, there's, there's a, there's a couple of guys. There's probably a one guy. Lo and behold, it was email. Yeah. And you look at what he did in San Antonio as a player. Now, look, he, he was already towards the end of his career around that time, you know, with San Antonio. So he wasn't the email you know, he saw in Portland. But nevertheless, still staunch defender, you know, pop, he does, yeah, made, made sense. Sure. But during his playing time, he, you would always see him kind of in the huddles, closer to pop, listening in, asking questions. Very reminiscent of what Patty Mills did in the bubble last year. For he was at that clipboard, you know, doing his thing, you know, helping out the coaching staff. Fine. Mm-hmm. So I look back, and when he became an assistant coach, it was very low key. It was very under the radar. There wasn't a big hoopla. There wasn't a big deal. Like, oh my God, they got Lima Yudoka. He's he's now an assistant coach. It, it never was that. It was more like, okay, cool. Yeah. Little by little by little, he starts moving up the bench. He starts moving up the bench. The thing with Ime, though, once he made the transition from player to coach was that there were already people ahead of him at that time. You had a guy named Atori Messina, mm-hmm. uh, James Borrego, you know, names like that. So, yeah, he really started from the bottom in San Antonio. Player, player coach, assistant coach, work out with the guys, you know, uh, you know, Barry, not Barry, but, you know, at the end of the coaching bench. Of course. And just made his way up. But despite all that, he was in the player's ears where there had been Kawhi Leonard, I mean, really talking to him, uh, DeJounte Murray, a very young DeJounte Murray. You know, DeJounte Murray got to play when, ooh, it was like towards the trail end of the Duncan era. Um, or maybe Duncan's really retired. You got Manu and Tony, especially Tony. But yet, Ime was always there talking with these guys. Very player coach friendly, hands-on, pulling guys aside during timeouts. So the coaching was already in him already. And for him to be asked by Pop, it wasn't that situation where, hey, Pop, do you mind if I co- help the coach out now that my playing is over? Pop asked him to join the staff. So obviously, if Pop saw something in him, that bodes well for you guys now in Boston. That's, I mean, that's interesting. I didn't know, I didn't realize that it was Greg Popovich that reached out to him to say, hey, can yeah. I join the staff? I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, Pop is, you know, top three, depending on what your perspective is, but I can't imagine, sure. uh, you know, top three coach of all time in the NBA. So, yeah. um, that's, that says a lot about Udoka and, and look, I, I have mm-hmm. talked to a couple of other people, you know, around the league trying to get to know 
him a little mm-hmm. bit more and you hear similar stories. This is a high IQ, high basketball IQ guy who could, yeah. who knew like the nuance, like when he was playing, he was on the floor. You can see that he mm-hmm. had that, um, that thing that's like, in, in the, the thing is that he, he wasn't a point guard, but he still knew like, Hey, the finer points of when we're doing this on offense, Hey, let's set that screen here or just hold it for another second or, or something mm-hmm. like that. So, um, I guess that, that must've come through on the floor. Cause if pop reached, reached out to him and was like, look, buddy, yeah. look, buddy, we know that you want to be a yeah. coach. Come on. Yeah. Let's go yeah. join the bench. And what, what, I, what I liked about that too, was that he, he wasn't just a touch and go kind of assistant coach. He was there in San Antonio for a good chunk of change. He was there for a long time. So he really got immersed into what that winning culture was in San Antonio. He won a title with San Antonio. Yep. So he, he was a part of a championship team. So you're getting already a coach that has championship experience, what it means to make that drive to be the one of the last two teams standing and win it all. Uh, he was there for the beautiful game. He was there in that magnificent Spurs uh, series versus the Miami Heat. He was a part of that. And he had a big hand in that as well as one of the coaches that knew how to scheme against a very, you know, talented Miami Heat team. So big plus for Boston. Another thing I want to highlight too is that when he left San Antonio for Philadelphia with uh, Rick Brown, again, following that Spurs coaching tree. So he left the Spurs culture, the main, I guess, the core of it, and then reached out to a branch where it still continued, you know, for quite some time before Brett Brown's time was over. And then he may left to Brooklyn. So he goes from San Antonio to Philly and then to um, Brooklyn. So he's taken all that experience. And let's not forget, in every stop, he's with top tier talent. Yep. These are not like these young guys, you know, that are just trying to sow their oats. No, he goes from Tim Duncan, Manu and Tony, Kawhi to Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, that, that crew, and then his final stop was Brooklyn, and we know what they have right now with Harden and Durant. And everything. Even then, he's still hands-on. He was still very talkative and everything. You, One thing that I think is lost in Spurs history that he had a big hand in that's only now surfacing, but it's been out there for years, was he was a major factor for LaMarcus Aldridge joining San Antonio. Major factor. LaMarcus Aldridge that. told Paul. Let, hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you right there because I want to hear that whole story and I'm going to do it after the break. What gotcha. made Ime Udoka such a big reason that they got LaMarcus Aldridge? We're going to talk about that next with Jeff Garcia from Lockdown Spurs. But first, we're going to tell you about Bet Online, which is sponsoring this show as well. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Head on over to Bet Online right now. Use your laptop, use your mobile device, sign up for free, and you'll get all the latest odds, information uh, on whatever league, whatever games you want. And with the promo code locked on, you're also going to get a 50% welcome bonus when you make that first deposit. So sign up, create your username, your password, do all of that for free. Use the promo code locked on, deposit, make your first deposit, whatever that is. 100 bucks, you'll get a $50 welcome bonus. You get it. That's how the 50% welcome bonus works. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Please gamble responsibly. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. 
Today on the road to the finals, our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it and at only 2.6 carbs, and 95 calories. We can enjoy the games a little bit more this season. And what can I say about the Atlanta Hawks coming into Milwaukee and taking game one there? Just Trey Young. Trey Young has maybe has increased his star power in the playoffs more than anybody. It's, he is just tearing it up. Uh, an amazing performance for him. And I still expect expect Milwaukee to win, but ugh, the, the Hawks, they are just so impressive. Also impressive is the story of Ime Udoka and what made him such a great recruiter. I'm going to bring in Jeff Garcia back here, host of Lockdown mm-hmm. Spurs, before the break was telling us that it was it was Udoka who was huge in getting LaMarcus Aldridge. Please continue the story, Absolutely, yeah. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge has even said it, that it, it was Udoka that signed seal delivered him to San Antonio. At that time, it was between Phoenix and San Antonio. By then, Lakers already, you know, they whipped on their chance. So it really came down to two. The story goes that Udoka was the one who reached out to him, and by reaching out, really reached out, like chased him, you know, wanted to go meet him personally. Didn't care where he was. If he was in Alaska, he would have done it. But, well, Udoka went above and beyond, made the pitch, Got LaMarcus in Popovich, big thumbs up. What made it even special was the fact that in the Spurs franchise history, LMA was the has been the only major marquee free agent to join San Antonio. Never. There's been yep. never a bigger name than that as far as a free agent is concerned. At that level, an all-star level, to join San Antonio, it was Udoka who made that happen. So you're getting a guy that has the championship experience, Popovich's tutelage, saw what it was going on in Philadelphia, you know, saw what's going see, experienced in Brooklyn, got to be around guys like Mike D'Antoni, um, Kenny Atkinson, and now he's taking all that wealth and knowledge to Boston, and it's a ready-made team. And not to mention this too, Brad Stevens, he has a big affinity to Popovich. So I'm pretty sure oh, yeah. he's going to be looking at Yudoka and saying like, hey, Yudoka, got that Popovich uh, juice in you still? Let's see what we can bring that into, <laughs> into Boston. So all in all, you, know, you couldn't think of a better coach, a better situation for Ime than the Celtics. You got the young core, you got Tatum and you got Brown and Williams looks like he's going to be a stud as he gets more time. The only thing I'm a little worried about is on the offensive end. Would not be surprised if he's going to need a little help uh, making a little offensive call. That, that, that's the thing I think that may need some fine tuning. Wouldn't be surprised if he brings in, you know, like a D'Antoni or some sort of uh, mm-hmm. offensive guru or Ron Adams, something like that. But yeah, I think the offensive end, um, you're you're probably going to have locked on Celtic episode where, what were you thinking, Amy? What was that called? <laughs> the offensive end. I, I think that's probably going to happen. I expect some speed bumps for sure. But I'll tell you what, like Boston fans are already used to a defensive-minded coach that people say, well, where, where's the offense? What What kind of offense are you running? And and I wonder, like I I did kind of joke a little bit on Twitter, said Brad Stevens, any chance he gets to gush about the 2014 Spurs, he takes it. Yeah. Like that's that's the pinnacle. And I've compared it to like a Moby Dick white whale, and and you know, Brad Stevens is Captain Ahab willing to die to chase this thing. Yeah. He has he wants that offense. Brad wants that offense, that read and react. Pass cut that what is that 0.5 second mm-hmm. rule? Like, you know, 
you catch it and you have half a say. You're either going to dribble, you're going to shoot, you're going to pass. And you got to move the ball. That, that team, that 2014 team, is the ultimate stunning example of, of how that basketball is played because of the star power, but their willingness to play off of each other and their willingness to just say, mm-hmm. hey, look, we're, gonna tr- we're all going to trust each other and we're going to make that next right play. And whoever scores is going to score. But ultimately, the guys who should be taking the shots, they ultimately get the ball because they're just better at everything. So that's, I think, that part of the the hiring process has to include that 2014 kind of, you know, trying to capture some of what the Spurs did. And all of the points that you made just now are, are points that I've been trying to hammer home as well. He saw that he saw what was not working in Philly. Like he saw how that fell apart. He's he's had he's been around these guys. When you when you really list out the players that he has coached or played with, the elite mm-hmm. players, Hall of Fame players that he's coached or played with, it's a huge list, man. It's a long list. Right, yeah. So and, and and I can interject something real fast too. You know, we were talking about how he was following that Spurs path from San Antonio to uh, Brett Brown in Philly. Even in, even in Brooklyn, there was still that hint of the Spurs culture. You got Sean Marks there, yeah, Jacques sure. Vaughn, of course. You know, it's good there. Point. And look, Sean Marks, you know, he flat out admits it. I am trying to do what the San Antonio Spurs do here in Brooklyn. And um, you saw uh, Jacques Vaughn, you saw you made Udoka, uh, and yeah, uh, you know. So there's something there. If if a guy like Sean Marks says we need to tap into that, let's bring him in. You know, then. Boston is going to do the exact same thing with Ime. You, you like that he went through the grind, played overseas. You know, wasn't yeah. a star in the end. It's a league. huge thing. Yeah, and I think that's going to make him relatable to your players. And I think you. I mean, I hope it does work out for you. I hope you, you bring re, the, your Celtics and bring back the 2014 vibe next season. Um, but the pieces are there to replicate as close as you can to what the Spurs did in 2014. Okay, sure. There's no Manu. There's no Tony. There's no Timmy. But you have a, a big, a passing big with Williams. Yeah, that was that was, that was pretty and much Horford Boris now. Diaw. Yeah, and, and yeah, and you, that was that was Boris Diaw. Yeah, so you got uh-huh. you got your uh-huh. passing big. You you got your scores. You got your I, I guess Manu esque player and uh tatum i, I guess it's maybe Kawhi. I, I don't know i mean it's hard i, I don't know who would be comparison, for comparison but yes i get it i get what you're, the roles that you're yeah. talking about yeah he is a role player and he will communicate to these guys what it ta- he was a role player excuse me he will communicate to these guys look i've been there i look i never was the stud i was not option a but we, collectively we can get this done I saw how it was in San Antonio. I saw what it took in Philadelphia to a certain degree, um, even though that fell apart. And, you know, we saw the success uh, that there was, at least in the regular season, with uh, the Brooklyn Nets. You bundle that together, and that equals a player's coach. I think the Boston Celtic players, at least at the roster stands right now, are going to really take to him. They're going to really, you know, want to go into war with him. And I'm glad they did that. Look, there's no knock on Chauncey Billups. I think the reports are that it was down to Ime and Chauncey. And look, Chauncey, he's won titles. He's been there, done that. But he doesn't have the coaching, the, the grooming as That's a coach. Right. As That's right. If you want a head coach, you put him on the balance. You just say, okay, head coaching experience. 
E-Main, Chauncey E-Main. So I think they made the right decision bringing in him in. And uh, yeah, uh, you fast forward to today, and it's interesting because the Spurs coaching is at a crossroads yeah. or it's going to get there very, very, very soon. And now when Spurs fans saw E-Main leave here, and then they were like, okay, you know, that sucks, but good luck to you, E-Main, have fun. But now that Pop is coming to that moment, whether it be now or very, very soon when he calls it a day, now Spurs fans are saying like, darn, I wish he was still here. Yeah, nah, he would have been the perfect for Yeah, you know, Pop does announce that he's a retired, bringing back E-Main. Oh, no, he went to Boston. Yeah. So I think now Spurs fans are starting to realize what good of a coaching guy he could be. And uh, hey, good good job on Boston. And, you know, uh, you, you, you're starting to see the little shakeup in San Antonio. I don't know if you heard the news, but there was a shakeup uh, internally among the brass, the executives. You know, oh, yeah. there's new money coming in. Michael Dell, Sixth Street uh, Corporation out of San Francisco, they came in, you know. Uh, so you can see they're starting to do a reorganization. Right? So I think eventually that's going to trickle down to, okay, we realized our executive side. Let's go down to the coaching side. Okay, yeah. Pop, we're not, oh, we're not forcing you out, but <laughs> just let us know what your plan idea. is. Yeah, yeah. And what are these candidates? And, you know, if, if Pop had said, yeah, I think this might be it for me, or no, I'm going to give it one more year, or no, I'm done. As soon as Team USA is done, I'm, I'm good. You know, I wish the email was available. I think he would have been a great uh, coach to uh, fill the shoes of Popovich. And, and, you know, and I feel sorry for whoever's going to do that, whether it's <laughs> Becky or Will Hardy or they go outside the, the outside the family. That's some big shoes to fill. But nevertheless, yeah, uh, Ime was a great player, good defender, solid road guy, good coach, connected well with Spurs and their prime players and continue doing that. And he's going to bring that. I think he's really, really going to infuse a lot of positivity on the court in the locker room. That's what yeah. I'm interested to see. Like, how is he going to be in the locker room with these guys uh, when they're down, when they're up? I think he's really going to get a taste of it, and it's going to start very, very soon. Well, I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Let, we're going to wrap this up after the break. Um, but that look, what better what better endorsement do you want of a head coach when uh, a new head coach when a person who's covering the team says, you know, we were hoping he'd be around. To, to be the new head coach following Greg Popovich. I mean, that's that's pretty huge. Uh, we'll wrap it up after the break, but first, Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market. And if you haven't been visiting BuiltBar.com, you might be missing out on a chance to get this new limited-time flavor, German chocolate cake. German chocolate cake. That sounds amazing. And it's only 180 calories, 17 grams of protein, five net carbs, that's what you get with Built Bar. You get a great tasting protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and does not ruin your workout, does not negate what you've been doing. You can go do your cardio, you can go lift your weights, you can go do whatever workout you want to do, and having a Built Bar afterwards gets you the protein that you need, but it doesn't ruin everything and and just basically you've you're at a net nothing. So Check them out. They've got a bunch of great flavors with every type of flavor you like. Do you want fruit? Do you want chocolate? Do you want something a little bit different? Coconut, like it's all there. It's great if you're on a keto diet. You can still have these. If you've got nut allergies, there are plenty of options without nuts. So go to builtbar.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. You're going to get 15% off your next order. 
15% off with the promo code LOCKED15. So it's worth it to keep going to BuiltBar.com to see what limited edition flavors, when you see one you think you might like, grab it and use that promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Be sure to follow our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Locked On Celtics on Instagram. Wrapping up the conversation on new Celtics head coach Ime Udoka with host of Locked On Spurs, Jeff Garcia. Jeff, one of the points that I was making, I want to get your take on this. It's not just that Ime was coaching on the 2014, here's the big, like, beautiful season. It's that he was the coach or, or, or on the staff in 2013 when they lost in the finals. They had it and lost it. And it's the type of loss that can tear a team apart. And one of the most impressive things about 2014 was that the Spurs basically came in just laser focused from the beginning and said, you know what? We screwed that up last year. That was our championship. We're just going to come out and win the damn thing this yep. year. And they went out yep. and did it. That level of focus, that level of rebounding from disappointment was as impressive as anything that they did on the floor. And I think when I look at recent Celtics history, they've had teams that made pushes, get to the conference finals, and that seemed to be their ceiling, conference finalists. And getting to the NBA finals would have been a stretch for a lot of these teams that made it. But Season ends in disappointment. The, the Kyrie season ends in disappointment. Last year's season, you know, was a, a mess this past season. Yeah. Having Udoka's voice after that and being like, yeah, hey, you know what? Let me tell you a story about these 2014 Spurs that came in yeah. after, like, you blew free throws. You had it. You missed yeah. free throws and you choked. Yeah. yeah. How having that voice come in and be like, this is how we turn things around. Yeah. That is to me, extraordinarily powerful. See, this is where I wish this uh, platform you have had the, uh, the GIF where it says, I'm going to go, excuse me, I'm going to go cry. Yeah. Well, we can't do that right now. I'm going to go cry. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you're absolutely right, John. He, he was a part of that, um, that, Oh, good Lord. I'm getting flashbacks right now. I, I know that's brutal. I mean, it's it's that, yeah, that remember, finals was, was just horrible. I think I was tweeting with those six seven seconds of whatever it was like championship bound. I'm going to go party in downtown San Antonio. Yeah. It's time. I was already tweeting that, and then yeah, we know what happened. But you know, no losses can also be the great um, educator. Mm-hmm. And what great education there was in losing in the finals, no matter how brutal it was it was heartbreaking Ime was a part of that um but he, you're right he, he he knows what it takes to rebound from disappointing seasons you cannot get more disappointed in NBA than just being seconds away from capturing a title only to see it evaporate <laughs> so he could probably go into the, the Celtic locker room saying like you think you guys had it bad you think you think that was bad try this for on for size he, there's still a lot of positive building blocks with this team. I know maybe the last few years hasn't been, you know, as uh, successful in that being the last team standing, or at least one of the two last teams standing for your Celtics. But if anybody can shake that tree and get the cobwebs going and get everything on the right track is Ime. You, you're, one thing I'm also interested in too is how is he going to fill out his coaching staff? Yeah. Is, yeah. is he going to keep 
some of your Celtics around. I, I think he should keep maybe one or one or two of them around, but I definitely think he should bring in an offensive minded assistant coach. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's looking at, uh, at the Brooklyn bench. Uh, Kirkland Rice, Kenny Atkinson known for an offensive guy or is he more of a defensive? Um, I, think, I don't know. I think he's, he just, I think he, I think he's more offensive. He's more, I mean, yeah, I, I, I could definitely see him pull the Jerry Maguire and be like, who's coming with me? Yeah. yeah who's yeah. coming with me? Yeah. Yeah. And they, and they wouldn't be surprised if Kenny goes with him. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I, I think we were kind of like trying to figure out which way they would go. And there, there are a lot of great coaches out there. Look, when you, when you coach in the NBA, even if you're a bad coach in the NBA or just like, just like you, you have to be one of the best to be bad in the NBA coach, mm-hmm. you know, player, like the worst player in the NBA is one of the best player, best at basketball players in the world. And the same with the coaches, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it doesn't work out. I have spent now at this point we're we're half an hour into this show and I talked half an hour yesterday. So now it's been about an hour really, really feeling like that Udoka's history and his everything that you've talked about, you've made it's it's great because you come on here and you made a lot of the same points that I made. So that that's reassuring. But at the same time, like this is all on paper. All we have is the blueprint mm-hmm. and the ingredients. The what the point I made in yesterday's show was, yeah. So the Celtics now have all of the ingredients for a, a really good head coach, but we haven't cooked anything yet. We haven't, we haven't mixed all of this yet. We haven't even, you know, like it's not even that we haven't even put it in the oven. We haven't even mixed it all together yet to see how it's going to work. So yeah, the ingredients there, we read it. We're, we're hoping it works, but there's no guarantee that when you put that in the oven and try to take it out, something will go wrong. So for it to I, work, I, well, I what, contend that he, he is more plug and play than any of the candidates that were on the table for Boston. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. But he still has not been a head coach, and that's just what makes it different. And and I'm like, we are a hundred percent on the same page with this. Like, I feel really good about this hire. Um, yeah. And 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 that's why, like, over the past couple of weeks, once I realized who was really in and who was really out. I settled in on, on Udoka because of all of this stuff that we're saying, but getting in there and being the head coach is just different than sitting on the sidelines. All that experience, you now have to do it. And the, the other big thing that for me was he, he may have been close to ready after Philly, but being in Brooklyn and seeing how Steve Nash handled things in Brooklyn He's a first-year coach with all of those stars and all the crazy crap that, that is surrounding, yeah. you know, Brooklyn. Yeah. How how did Steve Nash handle all of this? How did Steve Nash put his bench together? He had uh, a, an offensive guy and a defensive guy, and the offensive guy was is one of the winningest head coaches around. And mm-hmm. you know, th- there are there's head coaching experience on that bench. So I think one of the elements that he needs on the Boston bench is some head coaching experience. So I'm looking at Lloyd Pierce as a potential guy to come in that, you know, some head coaching experience. He himself has obviously had ups and downs with the team. So he's learned some lessons and some other guys that may be out there that, that have maybe longer term or or long, 
longer time head coaches somewhere that can come in and, and give some experience to this staff without being like, okay, Ime, this is, this is how you do it. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to put a guy that's perceived as his replacement on the staff. You mm-hmm. want to give, you want to put guys on that staff that are providing a little bit of guidance, just like yeah. a bounce. Yeah. yeah. You're all sitting around the table. Let's just bounce ideas off of each. Yeah. I mean, there's guys, there's other names out there. You're, you're Terry Stotts, you know, another guy that yeah, possibly, sure. you know, that's a good doing that, that, that roster there on the, on the coaching bench. You will, you know, I want to circle back to you about that plug and play thing. You know, sure. You're absolutely right. You know, he, if there is more of a microwave ready to eat meal in the coaching form, it's him. <laughs> because, well, one, well, first of all, you know, you know, I get all these thoughts in my head about email. And they're all good thoughts. And I'm thinking, I got to share this with John here is that I'm just glad it's not a retread. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm glad it's not a retread. I'm glad it's not like, here's Mike D'Antoni again. Nothing against him. You know, I know he has his record and, you know, you know, the resume is there, but it's, it's brand new. It's something fresh. Yep. You, you know, he has clawed his way up the coaching ranks. I mean, talking from the bottom, the last coaching seat on that Spurs bench to being the first assistant coach in Philly with Brett Brown, to then being an assistant coach, you know, behind a guy, Steve Nash, that, look, I mean, I'm not going to speak for email, but if I'm looking at, if I'm email looking at Nash, like, he doesn't have any coaching experience. I do, you know, yeah. why didn't I get my shot? Yeah, yeah. And I think that that is just going to fuel him. It's going to fuel him to be the best coach he can be. And like I said earlier, if you had all the candidates in front of you, at least reportedly, you know, your, your Chauncey Billups and your email, he has the most coaching experience. And I granted it's not the head coaching spot, but nevertheless, a lot more than what the candidates have. One thing I want to ask you, though, John, is um, uh, what, what was it, the, uh, the woman that was on the staff? Uh, Carol Kara, Lawson. Kara, her name. Kara Lawson. Kara Lawson. Uh, is she going to stick around or no? No, she's she's now the head coach at, at Duke. The women's she's the Duke. Right. Women. Okay. But then you know, do you think he might reach out to her and be like, "Hey, what do you think?" Or See, is that kind of is she signed, sealed, delivered? I think I think if she was going to be any anything with the Boston Celtics, she would be the next head coach. Like okay. that was that so, my right. she was she was my first choice for head okay. coach when she when it was pretty clear early on that she wasn't going to be a candidate. That's when I said, okay, it's going to be Ime Odoka. Um, okay. So, uh, but yeah, yeah she, I, she would have been great. Like that, she would have yeah, been great. That, that, I'm just thinking that'd be a great move on, you know, to bring her in. But yeah, yeah, yeah she, she's with Duke and, you know, um, because it, from what you told me in Lockdown Spurs, you know, the players loved her. Oh, they did. They absolutely did. Yeah. I mean, that's, she was, she was a great fit here. And it's, it's pretty obvious. She's, she's going to be an NBA head coach that, that, I feel really good about saying that she's going to be an NBA head coach. The, okay. the, the level of respect that I've heard that people have for her is, is, is really like high level. So she, I yeah. think, I think the timing was a little off because she went, she wanted to be a head coach and she took that job at Duke and she wasn't, she wasn't going to leave after like one pandemic shortened season. So, yeah, um, okay. which is nice. Like I, I, I respect that. I, I kind of admire that, that she you yeah. know, was sticking by that commitment. Yeah. Yeah, so, email though. Um, yeah, he's gonna have his lumps along the way. Yeah, like I said, you're gonna have your shows where you're thinking, sure. like, what was he thinking there? You know, but it, it happens. It, there's all look, just like players and rookies, they gotta take their lumps. Coaches have to too. Yep. And just like Steve Nash probably took his lumps in Brooklyn, you know, and you know we, 
you know, it's going to fuel him next season if he's still around. Ime is going to see those mistakes as you highlighted. Like, what did Nash do wrong? What did he do right? In maintaining and trying to handle, was it how many superstars they had yeah. on their roster? Yeah. You know, and, you know, and that's what you like about Ime. He, he just went, every team he went to, there were some big names on there. And he knew what it was to connect with that's them. He knew what it was to get the best out of them. Um, from your your very, very young DeJounte Murray at that time when he was in San Antonio, getting in his ear, talking to him, to Kawhi Leonard in San Antonio, to Ben Simmons, to Joel Embiid, to Kevin Durant, to James Harden, to Kyrie Irving, Blake Griffin. He has a – he can go into that locker room too and say, guys, I know what it is like to manage, you know, the big names. players. I know what yeah. it's like to manage, the, the, you, know, you know, what it's like to give me up minutes. And I get it. I get it. I've been there. He's going to command respect immediately once he steps into that locker room. Well, uh, let's hope so. Let's hope so. Uh, Jeff Garcia, please tell the folks how to reach you on the social medias. Those social medias. Well, first of all, I'm still thinking about 2013. Thank you, John. Sorry. Think about 2014. At least we got Tim Duncan. So there's that. Sorry, Boston. (laughs) Um, uh, yeah, social media. So Locked On Spurs. Subscribe to Locked On Spurs wherever you get your favorite podcast. As a matter of fact, you can even tell your smart speaker, hey, play Locked On Spurs. And yeah, guess what? That works. Ooh, it plays. I tried it earlier, right before we hopped on here, and it still it's freaks great. me out. It's, kind of, it's like, kind of funny. Yeah. 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 Um, Google Play, Stitcher, the new Odyssey app. Whatever platform you can think of, trust us, David Locke has us everywhere. Yeah. There's no excuse for you to not pick up either Locked On Spurs or Locked On Celtics. Uh, subscribe, please, please do, and rate us on iTunes. That's right. Also on social media, the Twitter at SA2. Oh, yeah, no, sorry. No, that's your G. old one, man. Oh, my old one. My goodness. Yeah. Um, at Jeff G Spurs Zone. If you do subscribe, you're going to get a lot of Spurs talk and a lot of pop culture. Be warned. Oh, yeah. You're yeah. warned now. You're going to get a lot of pop culture, but you're going to get yourself a lot of good Spurs and a little splash of NBA news. If you're if you're a basketball lover and a nerd, then follow Jeff yeah. on Twitter for sure. Jeff, yeah, uh, I, I, I'm still I'm still I'm still thinking about you know I don't know if you saw you know my whole dilemma right now with Marvel and why they make Hulk such a chump in movies. I, oh, I, I don't understand. I have no idea what you're talking about. Sorry. <laughs> well, Here's my plea. How does he get wrecked by Thanos, wrecked by Abomination, but he can handle Surtur, but yet Captain America can take on Thanos 101 and have no problem? I don't get it. So that's my nerd take here on Locked On Sun. There you go. There's Locked On. There's my hot nerd take. There you go. (laughs) Thanks, Jeff, man. Uh, Jeff Garcia, uh, subscribe there. Subscribe to us. Locked on Celtics uh, on YouTube as well. Rate, review, comment, all of that stuff, and share the podcast. Tell your friends that they should be listening to the Locked on Celtics podcast here on the Locked on Podcast Network.